0: from a sort of pre-enabled uh, uh, era. But uh, anyway, um <clears throat> so we, we, we generate power uh, in our business, and uh, we're the folks that uh, have homeowners lined up to plunk down $20,000 on a PV array uh, for, um, uh, most of whom probably wouldn't buy a compact fluorescent light. So uh, there is a mismatch, uh, if you will, and I'm going to try and address that mismatch today uh, and see uh, uh, if we can come to a, a meeting of the minds. But my basic message is going to be that, uh, that energy efficiency has got to be the cornerstone of what we're doing, that photovoltaics sh- uh, at the uh, residence and small commercial level should be a part of that and that there's a natural synergy between the two uh, industries. And it's incumbent on all of us to figure out how to uh, nurtured that synergy. <coughs> so, I'm going to push a button here. Yeah, this, oh, by the way, this is uh, some mumbo-jumbo that our lawyers make us. Uh, <laughs> so, since you've read and acknowledged sign that you've uh, read and acknowledged that, push return. Um, I'll start out though with a little bit of history about SunPower since uh, this community may not be as familiar with us as, as uh, as more of a PV oriented uh, community, but uh, the work was really uh, funded initially by the utility industry and the US Department of Energy, in fact um, uh, Southern California Edison became one of our uh, sort of co-sponsors at EPRI, and this was back in a time when uh, the vision for PV was going to be solar farms, Uh, great giant uh, things in the desert that would be generating huge amounts of power and shipping it to the cities. Uh, and we envisioned a sort of dish type application back then I actually got involved in, uh, in building solar cells for such a dish as you can see there but the solar cells for that dish required very high efficiency and it was out of that work that uh, the high-performance solar cells were developed but I'll bite for concentrator applications. That market never materialized. So SunPower became a sort of a boutique uh, supplier of high efficiency solar cells to anybody that could afford very expensive cells uh, like NASA for example. Uh, And we built a solar powered airplane uh, ray for them. But our our big uh, breakthrough really uh, when we realized that the large central station market was long time coming. was when we teamed up with Cypress Semiconductor. Cypress brought in a semiconductor manufacturing know-how to our technology, we married the two. They also importantly brought in $150 million to build a factory so that we could actually start making uh, cells, standard cells. You see the picture on the right of our cell, which is unusual in that all the grids are on the back. We, We began production late in 2004 and IPO'd in 2005. We're headquartered in Silicon Valley. This is stuff that the CEO would normally be talking about, you know, uh, manufacturing in the Philippines, uh, uh, highest performing solar electric systems worldwide. And our sort of positioning is that we like to deliver the most energy per unit of land or per unit of module uh, area. Uh, We right now operate a lot of larger systems. We operate 500 systems totaling 400 megawatts around the world. We have a central control uh, system in in, uh, Richmond where we monitor the operation of all of those plants on a real-time basis. A big uh, change for uh, SunPower was when we merged with uh, PowerLight Corporation. PowerLight was a leading uh, system integrator building PV systems, uh, mainly for commercial applications, flat roofs, had some dynamite technology in that regard, basically owned the market. We uh, decided that uh, it would be best to vertically integrate through the value chain to better understand the customer and to help the uh, system integration aspect of the business reduce costs which were sort of inherent in our sort of semiconductor background from the uh, solar cell side. (coughs) As a result of that we've had some pretty uh, dramatic growth uh, uh, with uh, uh, starting uh, with production in 2005 really and uh, as you can see. So uh, enough about that. We're, we're kind of involved in all of the major photovoltaic applications except uh, for watches and calculators and small uh, consumer items uh, and we divide those into the four sectors shown, shown here. The residential retrofit upper left hand corner, new home production where we have a product that integrates in with the actual roof material uh, and, and it improves one of the uh, barriers to consumer acceptance which is appearance of the array uh, in the lower left is a uh, commercial building roofs that's the Microsoft campus uh, in uh, Mountain View and finally the original vision was the large power plants and those are now starting to to emerge as a, as a viable photovoltaic market we have a bunch of product families uh, the, the flat systems for commercial roofs uh, the sun tiles for the new home construction and the tracking systems shown at the bottom are for large power plants where we Track the sun throughout the day to, to harvest more energy. Um, One of the things that was kind of interesting was that when we first started producing panels for uh, residential roofs, uh, because we had all the grids on the back, a a technical feature which was done for purely efficiency reasons uh, by the by us engineers, uh, the panel ended up being quite better looking than a standard panel, and I'm sort of. Uh, embarrassed to say that probably more than half of the consumer acceptance drive for sun power has been because the panels look better uh, and <clears throat> um, and as a result we we uh, have the largest number of cal California residences um, in just a few short years uh, we As I said, we kind of specialize in efficiency, we think efficiency is a key parameter in this whole space and now I'm talking about not energy efficiency but the the conversion efficiency of the panel itself. Uh, And this sort of illustrates that where we have a commercial application, a flat roof, it shows uh, what SunPower is able to do in one application with 628 kilowatts of generating power on that commercial building. If we had used conventional silicon panels it would have been about 410. And if we'd use thin film panels, about 204. So this sort of ability to drive larger generation on a given footprint of real estate is going to be sort of a feature as we try and see how uh, energy efficiency and, um, and solar generation merge together to sort of inexorably move us towards the goal of zero energy buildings, which is the goal here. Uh, one of the reasons we merged with PowerLight is that we found that fully half the cost of a PV system was after you make the module, and uh, that that was where a lot of the low-hanging fruit in bringing the cost of PV systems down was located. So let me just uh, briefly just show some applications to, to sort of flesh out what these market segments look like. This is a residential roof, uh, this is a sunset home, Uh, demonstration home to show what you could do with energy efficiency and lead type construction practices. Um, This is a picture of the new home construction. We have a 650 home uh, uh, (coughs) uh, project uh, near Sacramento. This is one of those. Uh, This shows a commercial roof Uh, and this is (coughs) uh, covered with PV, typical application. and and another commercial roof. This is one slide I generally show when I'm talking to politicians. Uh, That's the roof of the Department of Energy building in Washington DC. And finally lots of uh, distributed ground mounted systems. These are sort of small power plants in the 10 to 30 megawatt size range that are ground mounted, not roof mounted, but located generally uh, closer to load centers so that uh, you get some advantage of not uh, having to go on to long-distance transmission systems. Uh, there was a, a f- an explosion of uh, construction in Spain last year and some of these are, are power plants that uh, that we built in, in Spain. Finally the most amazing thing I think to, to casual observers of the PV industry has been the recent uh, emergence of the large uh, almost central station like PV plant Uh, As a as a cost effective entity, Uh, and um, we recently signed a 250 megawatt agreement with uh, PG&E. Another company signed a 550 megawatt agreement with PG&E. So these are things that are happening. Uh, We signed an agreement with 35 megawatt agreement with Florida Power and Light, and I think this was the first time that a utility actually rate based a large PV plant. Uh, They did not enter into a power purchase agreement. They bought the plant and they bought the plant because they felt it was a cost effective addition to their generation mix given the other options that they were facing for uh, adding peak power. So that the climate has really changed Uh, now I'm not here to talk about large power plants so this will be my last picture of a large power plant but rather let's look at the spectrum of PV. So starting on the left is kind of very small systems located on people's roofs the next one over is a commercial building. The uh, interesting thing about the commercial building is that it's, it generates, you can put PV on the roof of a commercial building, it's very cost-effective but it doesn't generate enough energy to cover the load of the building generally. Okay, just, just a fraction of the load is available. On residences you can often cover the entire building load on an annual basis. The next one over is a new emerging market. This is a large warehouse roof that where the warehouse itself doesn't really consume much power so this is kind of like a power plant on somebody's roof they're sort of loaning you their roof, Uh, they wouldn't be eligible for rebates under the current rate structure because they generate more power than they need so it's maybe utility owned but uh, this is now an emerging sector in, in the business and then I have the distributed ground mounted and finally the large commercial power plants. So that's kind of the spectrum from small to big of what's happening in PV and if you look at it, it kind of spans from a very distributed uh, model, distributed energy model to a very central station model. The interesting thing is that um, we find that PV is is sort of uh, equally well positioned along this value chain and the reason is that at the very distributed Model, we have higher cost of sales, higher installation cost, higher design cost. So the system's more expensive than a very large system, but the value of the energy is higher. On the other hand, with a very large system, we garner huge economies of scale, uh, but we're selling much in more into a sort of wholesale market. The value of the energy is lower in the middle of the desert. Uh, And those two kind of balance each other out. So we have an industry that's sort of feeling its way along this entire value chain, where the sweet spots are between the residents all the way up through the commercial and the large power plant. And there's no clear uh, best place yet along that value chain. So it's an exciting time, a lot of uh, activity going on there. If you step back though, and look at it from the perspective of the grid, as a technical entity or energy supply system you really should think of the small systems as more like efficiency and the large systems more like generation at least in my view uh, and the reason is that at the home level for example uh, the grid really doesn't care too much whether you bought a new more efficient air conditioner or put PV on there, right? I mean, you know, in both cases you reduce the load something right? Uh, and so it, it is a bit like an efficiency measure, if you will. Uh, on the other hand, clearly a giant power plant in the desert <coughs> uh, is a generator. Uh, I'll bite one with a lot of problems associated with it because it kind of generates when it wants, not when you want. But uh, this, is, this is sort of what's happening. So if you look at it, there's a synergy between energy efficiency and PV kind of at the low end of this market basically so where we're going in and sort of reducing building loads in other words there's an efficiency where we're trying to head there's a synergy where we're trying to head towards uh, zero energy buildings and zero energy homes and that's sort of the the crux of where I'm going to focus the rest of my talk. if you go into a building and you uh, look at what you can do to reduce the building load, Uh, there's a bunch of options that you might have. You might be able to put new energy efficient lighting in, HVAC upgrade, uh, improve controls. You can put PV on. That reduces the building load. And there's other things too. And each of these has a sort of a uh, different return on investment profile. Now, each application is completely different. I don't mean to imply that um, every case is going to look exactly like this. But the but the message is that as you put in efficiency upgrades, some pay back shorter, some pay back a little bit longer, and you have this whole hierarchy as you march down the uh, the curve there. But one message that I do want to show is, and I'll show you some case studies later on, is that on the bottom axis the total energy delivered or saved by the particular investment generally PV you can do the most Uh, so I show here of all of the options available to sort of uh, head this building in the direction of zero energy uh, PV is the biggest energy chunk available it's not the cheapest but it's the biggest But and notice that I made the vertical axis return on investment. One thing that uh, we have to help customers understand is, oftentimes they'll come in with a simple payback idea. You know, well this this thing I can why should I put PV on the roof when I can do uh, blah blah and it pays back in a year. And it may be that that's a better investment, but simple payback's not the way you should look at it because a lot of these uh, upgrades have fairly short lives, lifespans. Uh, PV has a quite a long lifespan you can finance it for 25 or 30 years Uh, and uh, so you really have to get out of this simple payback mindset and and start helping the customer with the return on investment and each customer has a sort of ROI hurdle rate that they're willing to deal with they have money available uh, they want to invest and um, they expect a certain minimum return and clearly uh, they're only going to do those things that are above their return on investment hurdle rate okay so some, uh, some things might get left off the table that they would normally like to do but it's not quite so simple as that because of the financing options so one of the nice things about PV when you go to a customer is uh, they're so imminently financeable with a power purchase agreement for example they have a nice long life you can enter into a power purchase agreement it doesn't take any of your own capital and you can suffer you know benefit immediately from a reduced energy bill Uh, and the reason that that is is because uh, you lease the system is not owned by you right and so the uh, financier if you stop paying your electric bill he can come and get his PV array in principle I don't know if that's ever actually happened but that's different than insulation, for example, where you're not going to expect if you don't pay that the contractor is going to come and tear out your insulation. Right? So it's, hard, it's a different financing kind of thing. That may have to be done under uh, a completely different budget in a company. Uh, some of these things might be done under capital leases. So you have this sort of spectrum of financing options available. But one of the things that's made PV so uh, uh, easy to sell is it's imminent financeability, okay. In, in addition, um, it's easy to tell if it works or not, whereas some energy efficiency measures, that's less so, and we'll ta- I'll talk a little bit about some of the things uh, that, that, issues that that causes and what, what we're doing about it. So that brings up the question, why do you want to combine uh, energy efficiency and PV, or solar? Uh, well I, I mean I don't know these, these numbers are sort of given to me by a sales team or something but um, uh, fundamentally uh, uh, I, I think it, it's all heading towards that bottom one which is everybody wants to go to energy efficient designs, lead buildings, try to drive towards zero energy buildings and uh, you can't do it with either one alone as, as you'll see, very very difficult you need them both, they've got to work together uh, by working together, you can uh, often leverage uh, uh, your, your cost of sales and, and that sort of thing into a bigger project and garner savings there. Uh, and then you have all the sort of the, 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 fuzz, the nice things, uh, electric rate uh, uh, hedging uh, and, and that sort of thing in, in the future. So uh, this just shows... Uh, A a typical, this is also obviously just a sales slide but um, it shows the load profile on the left there during a day, uh, electric power profile uh, for some particular customer Um, and it peaks up during the center of the day because of air conditioning load. Um, With uh, solar added on you can kind of go to that lower bottom there, you can pick up about half in, in this particular application. And then, with energy efficiency, you can move that bar down even further. So, on the right, the numbers for this particular uh, application were uh, the customer was spending 160 a square foot uh, per year on, on electric bills. Uh, with solar, he was able to decrease that to $1.20 per square foot uh, with PV, and uh, with energy efficiency, bring that all the way down to $0.95 cents per square foot. Uh, and, and this slide sort of captures some of those, uh, you know, those synergies, if you will. Uh, but <coughs> this is actual uh, numbers here. So one of the projects that we did was with Macy's. Um, I think 27 stores, and uh, so we have a lot of data. And um, uh, this uh, shows the overall result for that project. Uh, Macy's was spending $1.85 per square foot per year on energy. Uh, The solar system that we installed on average for all their stores brought that down to $1.55 and the energy efficiency improvements that were uh, put in place alongside of that uh, brought that down to $1.15. In this case the energy efficiency improvements were larger than the solar but they they don't always vary but in any case we were able to reduce Macy's uh, building load Uh, 43 percent with this combination a substantial improvement and a typical sort of project um, financing looks something like this uh, for a typical store the system might be 1.1 megawatts the customer enters into a 20-year power purchase agreement Uh, we go in and put in uh, new lighting Uh, efficient lighting, uh, new uh, up-to-date HVAC, various drives, energy control systems into the building. The energy efficiency part is generally financed with a capital lease and the solar part with a power purchase agreement, so some bank owns the system basically. Um, The uh, uh, annual electric cost for that building was 1.35 million dollars prior to doing all this, they were paying on average 13.7 cents a kilowatt hour. And uh, <clears throat> the bottom line was the following. With uh, the, the uh, PV on the roof, we saved them 1.4 million kilowatt hours. The energy efficiency improvements were 800,000 uh, kilowatt hours for 2.2 million kilowatt hours total saves. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> Uh, shows a cumulative but the bottom line is that um, the net present value of all these projects is positive which is you know the hurdle if you will at their discount rate actually quite positive and the uh, energy costs are substantially reduced Macy's went in this particular building from 13 cents a kilowatt hour uh, to 10.6 with these improvements so there's this this interesting synergy that goes on there um, the, uh, uh, this just uh, reiterates some of that uh, but what we find is when selling energy efficiency improvements one of the big hurdles is you've, you you're selling something that doesn't really exist right you're selling megawatts, and it's hard to measure megawatts. Um, uh, if the building uh, consumption goes down Uh, the the, the owner of the building isn't sure well did they uh, turn off an air conditioner, did they unplug something, were people more conscientious about uh, lights being dimmed, was it hotter or cooler during that period. So one of the things we've done is we've put together a a a modeling program to help customers uh, figure out, model their entire building energy flows and with inputs like weather, uh, te- outside temperature, solar insulation, uh, wind speed and that sort of thing and that allows them to do a baseline on their building and extend that out so that in the future if they if they didn't do anything and their energy consumption went up or down they could pinpoint why was it sunny or hotter whatever and when we do put the system in uh, if the energy goes down we have something to compare it with so the building owner has something concrete to say yes my investment did do something and uh, this shows uh... Maraisi's Irvine store uh... so the the blue line was the baseline we established for them and uh... uh... Th- that's what it should've... that's the energy consumption they should've uh... had if they didn't do anything the little vertical bars are actually uh... this is actually just after installing new lighting uh... in this case the little vertical bars are the actual uh, energy uh, uh, consumption that would have happened given the conditions that, that were prevalent on that day because it was ended up being a hotter year than, than expected and the uh, red bar is the actual building energy load so the customer can look at that and say yes we have done something our energy has gone down. <coughs> But every situation is completely different. This shows uh, a case of a winery where there's not as much opportunity for energy efficiency. In this case, um, the load profile is shown. And with PV, we are able to get the bulk of that peak out in the middle of the day uh, and take out a lot of the energy consumption in the building during the day. But with energy efficiency, which is the little orange part down below, not so much. Okay, just... uh, another example but they did uh, suffer a 50 percent reduction in annual electric bill from the combined aspect of PV and energy efficiency measures in that case. Um, This shows uh, another winery which uh, we did a little bit more in we put new lighting systems in uh, and better control system and it shows uh, uh, the efficiency Improvements. That, I mean, the, the load uh, reduction improvements that were were garnered there. Once again, the uh, PV was the bulk of it, but notice that it really smoothed out the energy consumption from that building. Uh, it kind of pretty much uh, creamed off the uh, the midday peak uh, of energy for the uh, St. Francis Winery. Uh, we've done a lot of these things. We did the Moscone Center in San Francisco, where we put in. Uh, uh, lighting also and, and work with the, uh, the convention center to improve the appearance of the booth area and the convention areas uh, while dramatically reducing their um, power consumption. So I think there is in fact lots of reasons for the, uh, the communities to work together uh, and uh, I, I challenge you to, uh, to do that. Uh, we certainly will reach out to the energy efficiency community as much as we can. Because uh, I think there's a, a lot to be done as we, uh, as we march together towards this uh, idea of zero-energy buildings. So uh, with that, I'll say thank you and take any questions.